Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Oh, and sexy bodies belong to everyone, especially single parents. Yeah, tomorrow, March 21st, is National Single Parent Day. And if you're like me and you were a single parent, it's a day to celebrate that you are doing something that is no longer unique. You have lots and lots of company. Yet, I will say, being a single parent has its own special challenges, and it does also have some special joys. Most single parents would say, I'm doing double duty, day in and day out. And let's face it, for some of us, it's easier. For some of us, challenging, depending on how much support you have. Now, if you or the child of a single parent, I would say March 21st is the perfect day to call or visit your parent and say, hey, thanks. Now, if you weren't the child of a single parent or a single parent, you probably know a hardworking single parent who deserves to be honored and, most of all, supported on National Single Parent Day. It's all about sharing the love, and for all of us, It's about healing our hearts. Everyone has invisible wounds, and whatever led you to be a single parent may have been wounding. It may have been a choice, but it is indeed a journey unto itself. And here at Modern Love, we know all about the choices that have to be made when it comes to love. There are many who are single looking for love. There are those who are in relationships that are challenging, and you're hoping against hope that you can find a way through it. And let me tell you, the research is on your side. No matter where you are on your journey of love, what we now know through the five love labs around the United States pumping out data on love, is there three things that you need? And this is what we eat, sleep, and breathe here at Modern Love Training. And that is if you understand the need for support, and you get it, you'll have a much easier time finding, keeping, and growing love. If you understand that it actually is a learned skill to be in a relationship, and if you put yourself in love training, that's why we have modern love trainings that are scientifically based. If you do that, the divorce rate drops by 50%. If you get premarital training and if you hit a glitch later and you get marital training, the divorce rate drops by another 50%. Do you know what that means? It means instead of a 50 to 51% divorce rate, we should only be at 12.5%. Now, the last thing is we know that one of the things, whether you're a single parent, a single person looking for love, whether you're in a relationship, is you have a 
spiritual life. That means something that uplifts you, inspires you, gives you that extra energy. Then you're more likely to have a healthy, happy love life. And we teach all of that in our Modern Love trainings. And I'm going to give you the chance to come to a Modern Love training the second Saturday of April. We have a full day intensive training, and this one is going to be about sex. Let's just cut to the chase. It's all about creating a healthy sex life, and we're going to focus on awakening feminine sexual power in a very, very strong, powerful way, and we're going to talk about couples creating healthy sex lives. We have special guests who will be joining us who are experts in sex. So go to Eventbrite, and you can register yourself for that April session here at our Modern Love Training Center. And those of you who watch Dr. Oz, or even if you don't, tune in on March 29th. I am doing my second show of the season with Dr. Oz, and we're talking about moms leading double lives. And that's pretty relevant. We talk about single parents. So I'm going to tell you about our special guest in just a moment. And she has written a book for single parents. First, we have our Ask Dr. Brenda question. says, as a divorced single mom, what can I do about my young child's resistance to my efforts to develop relationships, romantic relationships, and have a social life? My son simply doesn't like to, quote, share me with anyone else. He disliked my last boyfriend so much I was forced to end the relationship. Wow. Okay, first, I have to say to you, love hostage, she finds herself. Love hostage, you are not a hostage to your child. You are his parent. And as challenging as it may be, when children resist mom having a relationship, it is important that you let your son know this is normal, it's natural, that you're an adult, and adults do need the company of other adults, and you set up a schedule for him that when you are on a date or doing whatever, you have a caretaker there that he really feels good about and that they have activities they can do, but no way do you hand over your love life to your son. Because what you're saying is he's in charge of a family instead of you. And no child, no child, as tempting as it is to give in to tantruming and pressure, no child really wants to be in charge of the family. It creates anxiety for the child. So get some support and stop being a hostage. And you're probably going to learn something, so I hope you're listening to this show because I want to tell you, about the book that our wise, wonderful guest, Sarah Sherman, has written. She's the author of The Single Mom's Guide to Getting a Degree. So whether you feel that you're caught in struggles to be in control like love hostage, your brilliant problem-solving skills will dissolve into nothingness if you give in to your child. You might feel squeezed between the demands of your boss, the needs of your staff, your workloads, your kids, but you can still find your way to doing a great job as a parent and creating a life for yourself. And that's why we have Sarah here just in time for National Single Parent Day. Welcome to the show, Sarah Sherman. 
Thank you so much, Dr. Brenda. I'm very excited to be here. Good. Now, tell us what led you on your journey of being a single parent and led to writing this book. Oh, well, that's a, I'll give you the abridged version because as you, I'm sure you know, that's a long, long story. I started my single mom journey when I was in college. So I was a Mm -hmm. junior in college when I had my son. Mm -hmm. And it was very interesting because people kept asking me if I was going to finish school. Now, I was working quite a few minimum wage jobs at that time, and I thought it was a fascinating question because if I stopped going to school the rest of my life, I would be working all these minimum wage jobs. So my only way to take care of my child was to finish my degree. So I did that. And when he was about now, six, how did you I, manage that? Because that hold on a sec, because that's something a lot of single parents are focused on. Because we know the latest research, Kenna Joy, Hazelwood Carter, UC Berkeley, is doing intensive research that I follow on what she calls early motherhood. Instead of evoking all those stereotypes of teen moms or, or you know that unwed mother. She just calls it early motherhood. And those women who are early mothers are only, I think about 20% of them are able to finish their degrees. So how did you do that while working minimum wage jobs and going to school and raising your child? Uh, well, I, in mentally, my thought was like, I felt like I had no choice. So I had to succeed in order to escape that kind of, of life, of minimum wage, uh, feeling overworked, exhausted, et cetera. So I just had to figure out how, not if. It wasn't a question of if. It was how am I going to do this. And mm-hmm. I, so I developed systems. And I didn't really think about it back then. I was in my early 20s, and I organized myself. And I created my schedule. When am I going to study? When am I going to do this? When am I going to do that? There were many nights that I, you know, sat in the recliner. I was, uh, uh, I got my parents' old recliner, so I had my son with his bottle, you know, on one knee and my book and the highlighter on uh, my other knee. And that's what I did. I did what was necessary. I kept myself organized, got that study time in. I wasn't focused. You know, in high school, I got great grades, and I got good grades in high school. I was, uh, you know, well over a 3.0 average, or I mean, in college. But um, I wasn't so focused on being perfect. I was focused on being done. So I dropped okay, so my mind. Okay, so it wasn't about being, being a perfectionist, and that's an important thing. So listen. Single moms are people who know single moms. There may be things you can learn here, so you might want to write this down. I'm a huge fan. Give up being perfect because being perfect is a booby prize. None of us are perfect. There's no point even attempting that journey. It's just going to make life more challenging. And let me just say, at the last count, there were 13.6 million single parents in America who are all doing their best to raise over 21 million children. So this is a big, big number of us. And I was a single parent after a divorce from my children's father. And, you know, it was enough already going through a divorce, which is its own special, special hell and healing from (laughs) all of that and getting the kids through it. 
So there's a lot for us to talk about. We don't often just talk about it. So, Sarah, I'm so glad we can just talk about it. You found systems that help. You said getting your degree was a must. It wasn't an option. So you found a way. What are some of the other challenges that you find single parents face when they want to get their degrees? Because so few early moms and single moms do finish their degrees. That's right. While um, uh, in 2010, the University of Buffalo did a study, and they found that you know a huge number of single moms have some advanced education, but eight, and maybe even a degree, but 80% don't have the education they need to advance. So they may have finished and not started. They may have gotten one degree, but but didn't go on to get the next. And that really limits their earning power. So what I find is that First, uh, it kind of comes in stages. They don't know where to start. So just like any other student going to college, the idea of going is overwhelming and you don't, you don't know where to start. So that's point one. When I was young, my mom went to college when she, she was married, but she went as an adult. And even when I finished my degree through a weekend program, you, you kind of approached the college back then with some trepidation. You know, you're not a traditional So what you're student. saying is that there are options. It doesn't have to be full-time traditional college attendance. You could do a weekend program. You could do an evening program. But you find a flexible entry point that allows you to wear both these hats, to be the single mom and to also do the degree. Now, the reason for doing the degree, Sarah, I'm glad you said this at the top of the show, is that the earning potential that you have when you have a degree increases, and I've forgotten the exact percentage. Do you know it, Sarah? Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know it. Um, it is a large, a large amount, and then, of course, it increases more with each degree. The other piece is that if you lose your job, which in our you know, unpredictable economic environment is, you know, a distinct possibility, you have a greater opportunity to replace the job at the same or higher income level with a degree than without. So single moms or someone who knows a single mom, please cheer mom on to find a way. Now, I know one person that I coached in our training program who started out and had not finished her college degree, I think she had one year of college when she had her child, and it took her 10 years to complete that degree. But you know what? She hung in there. We coached her, supported her all the way through. She subsequently got married, had another child, continued going to school, and today she is a physician. She went all the way um. through as a mom. So I want to just say the, the key ingredient is support. And whether you are the parent of a single mom or you have a sibling who's a single mom or you're the friend of a single mom, cheer them on and give that all-important support. Sarah, what are you going to say? Oh, I was just, that story gives me goosebumps. I'm so, uh, so proud of that, of that woman and, and so impressed with that. 
the what I always say about when you think about how long it's going to take is, and in the scenario you just shared, you know, so it would take her 10 years. Well, 10 years is going to come anyway. Would you like to have a degree at the end of that or be right where you are still today? Exactly right. Exactly right. You're going to live those years anyway, God willing, make the most of them. And at the end of that time, you'll have something. That's how I got through school and got my doctorate. I remember looking up going, am I ever, ever going to finish this? <laughs> then I thought, well, sure, I guess I'll just keep putting, putting one foot in front of the next and eventually I'll get there. And eventually I did. Now you founded a company called Single Moms Ask Sarah. Why did you do that? Uh, I did that because, you know, I was raising my kids and working and minding my own business. And every once in a while I would hear something, um, you know, about how my kids were going to be, college, you know, high school dropouts or they were going to be uh, pregnant when they were 14. And I just kind of ignored that. And then I, you know, I'd hear it more frequently and I started to get a little frustrated by that. And then I remember one of the morning shows on my way to work, it was this litany of all of these things that were going to happen to my kids because I didn't have a man living in my home and I got very angry. And I decided, you know, I was being raised, I was raising my kids exactly as I was raised and my parents were married and I had more money. And, uh, I thought, it's not like this. You know, I want to change this perception. If this is the case for some women, I can help them. And I don't want women to believe this is the case for them. Right. We have to define (laughs) ourselves. I'm so glad you said that because those are one of the myths about single moms that just aren't true, which is that your children are going to end up not having you know, the things that two-parent families can provide. That's not true. There are other ways. So what are some of the strategies? We know the myths aren't true, but how can single moms effectively juggle all their responsibilities? Sure. I think the first thing is to remember that married parents aren't having an easier time of this. They're struggling. They've got two of them. They, they are working together in an ideal situation, and it's a big, it's a heavy burden for them. It's not unusual for a married couple to collapse under the weight of this. So it's not like you're, you know, the fact that you're struggling doesn't mean that you're doing it incorrectly. It means it's a hard job. So cut yourself a bit of slack here. It is difficult. Yeah, there's a book called Parenting, the Toughest Job You'll Ever Love. Because, of course, being a parent is such a wonderful, I wouldn't trade it for anything. However, I do remember those nights going to bed where I was so tired, I thought I was just not going to make it to the bedroom. I just fall on the floor. Absolutely. Now, single momming is a challenge. And why would a super busy single mom even think of adding the challenge of pursuing a degree to her already busy life? Uh, I, well, I think that's a good question. And when it occurred to me to do that, that's exactly what I said to myself. What are you nuts? So why are you even moving this thought? I was a volunteer in a whole bunch of different areas supporting my kids. I had a 45-minute commute to and from work. I had three kids. You know, I had a bachelor's degree. I had a decent job. Like, why was I even thinking about it? And so I kind of put it aside. And just a few weeks later, my boss asked me, to to get my degree because he wanted to create a new position and it was a state regulated position and and the degree would be required. And I said, no, I really don't. You got a second degree after finishing college. 
I'm sorry, say it again. Did you say you're getting, you got a second degree after you finished college? I, I got my master's degree. Oh, oh a wait a minute. Degree. We skipped over that, my dear. Hang on. Back up. <laughs> Tell us about that. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it crossed my mind. Maybe I should get a master's, and I kind of put it out of my mind. And then my boss, uh, you know, suggested it. And I said, I, I don't think I have, you know, space in my life for that. And he said, well, I got mine on the weekends, and I wasn't dating anyone. So I said, well, I guess I'm really not doing anything on the weekends. Let's give this a try. So I went. It was an accelerated program. Every other weekend in each class lasted six weeks. And so I got my master's in public administration. Oh, wow. Hats off to you. Now, how can a single mom walk the line between being that loving mom and also the times when we need to really also be the disciplinarian, be the one who is guiding children? And for those, uh, I want to always give the definition of disciplinarian. A lot of people think Discipline means punishment. If you look at that word, the word is disciple at the beginning. Disciple, that's what it spells. That means student, to learn. So what we are doing when we're disciplinarians is we are guiding our students. We're not hitting. We're not yelling. We're not doing the old school punitive stuff. We are guiding. So what's the most effective way to guide and walk that line? to be a loving parent and be a good, effective disciplinarian. Well, it's interesting that you start with the definition because that's exactly how I start when I talk about disciplining. We don't think oh, of good. discipline athletes and artists and, you know, um, you know, people who are at the top of their craft. We don't think of them as punished people. We think of them as coached and practiced. And that's the idea behind disciplining with um parenting. And so, you know, when I was growing up, my mom would say, wait until your father gets home. <laughs> and, you know, that's not an option that we have as single moms. So we really need to learn how to do this. And the first step that I always start with is to be consistent. And yes. if you're not consistent, nothing's going to work. And so I, I, I tell my, um, my clients that there's four keys to consistency, and I call those voice, structure, intervention and consequence and that you have to learn how to be consistent in all of those areas and then as you now, begin to master mean when that, you say voice what do you mean when you say voice give give people a little preview what does voice mean sure so voice we know that when someone's voice doesn't match their tone and their expression i'm sorry match their words so if the voice mm -hmm. and tone don't match the words we know that the voice and tone win so, for example, if I say to you, oh, gee, you really did a great job, you know, you're not going to believe that you really did a great job. I said the right words, but I didn't have the right tone. Mm -hmm. So it's very important in effective communication that your message is clear. So I suggest starting with, you know, three voices that you are going to use consistently. The one where you're really giving praise and you really mean it. The one where you're just giving clear instruction, you know, it's time to take a bath, it's time to do the dishes. And the one where, like, you really mean business, like you didn't listen to me the first time, but you're going to listen to me this time. So that your kids begin to really um, hone in on the message that you're sending them. And then that helps you be very consistent 
it's clear for them. They're not second guessing. They're not confused. That, that confusion causes anxiety, and everybody's on the same page pretty quickly, and they know what to expect from you. Good. I really, really support that. You know, I'm sitting here looking at a wall with a doctorate in child psychology, child clinical, and specializing in relationships in front of me, and it's the same whether you are in a relationship or, I mean, as adult to adult, or whether you are parenting. The tone of voice says it all. And this is why there's so many fights uh, between couples over tools like texting or emailing because you can't hear the tone of voice. It's easy to misunderstand the person's meaning. So for parents being affected as disciplinarians, we have to have the consistency. You're saying it's the voice, it's the consequences, it's the messages. The rules are the same. We're not changing them. And I have to say, one of the reasons I hit this point so hard at the top of the show, I work with a lot of parents in our training programs because nobody is born knowing how to parent or how to be in a relationship. These are learned Mm -hmm. skills. So I want to encourage everyone to run that walk and pick up Sarah's book and get busy. Get on her Single Moms Ask Sarah so that you have support. You can ask someone who's been on the journey. And you can get your degree or degrees, as Sarah did, the Single Moms Guide to getting a degree because being a single mom doesn't mean you can't also model for your children how to be a person who is proactive, moving forward in life, and yes, the all-important ingredient has to be support, ask for support. Sarah, what would you like to leave our audience with in terms of the journey of being a single mom? I think it's important that single moms really own what they're accomplishing and that they feel not embarrassed or ashamed or in any way less than that they, that they trust themselves, that they feel empowered, and that they really own the fact that they're doing something that's really hard and they're doing it well. Hmm. And those days when you doubt you're doing it well, that's when you <laughs> ask Sarah. <laughs> you, and you pick up your single mom getting degrees book and say, okay, this is a challenge. And I'm doing my very best, and I can always do it better, because, you know, my motto, you learn better, you do better. You learn better, you love better. You learn better, you parent better. And life is about learning and transforming. If we're not in some sort of program to keep our edge forward and to keep improving and getting to the next level in our lives, then we actually start to lose ground, everybody, so please hit me back at drbrendawade.com and hit Sarah back at www.singlemomsasksarah.com. All right, a huge thank you to you, Sarah Sherman, for sharing your journey with us and sharing a bit of how single moms can be their happiest, healthiest selves. I know the book is terrific and helpful. Big thank you also to our executive producer, Mr. LeGrand Green, our associate producer, Cliff Dunning, and to all you modern lovers, wherever you are on your journey of love, please remember 
learn better, love better, and we're here to make sure that all that you need to be successful is available. Get me back and tune in March 29th to the Dr. Oz Show on Moms Leading Double Lives. It's a doozy. It's a doozy, I promise. All right, blessings.